Hello, and welcome to this edition of the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. I'm Melissa Zimmerman, and I'm really happy that you decided to join me today. As you know, from listening to my previous podcast, I have really interesting people in my life, and uh, some of them are friends, and some of them are family, and today it is my privilege to introduce you to someone I consider both. She is my friend and my family. Uh, she's my cousin. We grew up together, our families, uh, every Sunday for all the, most of our childhood, we went to our grandmother's house, and uh, so she was there, so we just grew up together on Sundays were, were family things, and that's what we did. And uh, but over the years, as we grew up, we got married, we had kids, we moved on, and we had kind of lost track of each other. And a couple of years ago, God brought her back into my life, and I'm so happy that He did. Uh, we are actually really good friends now, even more than just being family. So today, I want to introduce you to my cousin and my friend Michelle Boer. Hello, I'm I'm, I'm excited to talk with um, Lisa today and tell my side of how things go. <laughs> You know what? I was just thinking about that. Um, I remember my gra- our grandmother it would be Michelle's great grandmother. Uh, but anyway, because there's a lot. Our, my dad and her grandmother are sister, brother and sister, but there's like 20 years difference between their ages. So actually, my grandmother was her great grandmother. It's one of those things. But we're pretty close to the same age. I'm a little bit older than her. But I remember going to Granny's house and playing in the. She had a closet that connected two bedrooms together. Do you yes, remember I do. that? I do and remember we would that. crawl through the closets yes. and uh, we would stay on the. She had a screen porch. Yes, we were all stuck. All the kids were stuck on the screen porch. Right, because we couldn't. Well, our house was so tiny. Yes, we couldn't uh, interrupt the adults. No, but I will tell you this. The thing that I remember most about growing up is hearing uh, a couple of things. First of all, I remember hearing dominoes slamming and hitting the table and everybody Everybody, laughing. Yes. And and the adults played this game card game called Pitch, which I was never an adult, so I never learned how to play. But I always remember them saying, high-low jack game. Whatever the heck that meant, they always said that, and then they laughed. Correct, and uh, but I do like I said they were, we were on the patio where we were outside playing because we were not allowed to interrupt the games that the adults were playing the card games. <laughs> it is kind of an interesting dynamic when you look back on it. I think yes. I remember spending the night at Granny's and we would, especially in the winter, uh, she would make us pallets on the floor, which meant she would put a bunch of blankets out. Yes. We would sleep on the blankets and then she would pile so many quilts on top of us that you couldn't move. <laughs> yes, and that, and I remember we were talking about it the other day. Days of our lives was her thing. We had to be home. She'd pick us up from school but we had to be home in time to watch days of our lives <laughs> as well as my grandmother and my mother <laughs> it was a family affair yes. but watching the soap operas for sure that's super funny but uh we did grow up with a really strong sense of family yes uh a strong sense of of being together I re- we were just talking about this we had lunch before we did this podcast and we were talking about this concept that our family believed and they promoted this concept of when push comes to shove, mm-hmm. you can always count on your family. Correct. And you did not need friends because you had enough family. There was, in school, we were all two or three in each grade from seniors to kindergarten. We all were supposed to take care of each other. Right. So our, our my parents, uh, my dad had five brothers and sisters, and most of them lived in the same town. And so, of course, all of their kids went to school together and all that. So there was this big family uh, orientation. It's funny because we're kind of, she's still pretty much in the mix of family. Uh, our grandmother has passed away years ago. Uh, my father has passed away. Uh, so I'm more, more on the outside of the family looking in and Michelle is still in the middle of it all. Um, and, and so, you know what? We learn family culture. 
Yes, we have. And and we have begun to recognize in every family. Now, my brother sent me a little gift the other day, and it said, remember, as far as everyone else is concerned, our family's normal, right? Well, it's our, it's our kind of weird normal, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yes. But we, we've, we've figured out that, you know, every family has some funkiness. They do. And, and yeah. we decided maybe some of the funkiness we didn't want to keep with us. Correct. We want to outgrow that. <laughs> so we've outgrown some of the funkiness. It's not, not that something's wrong with everybody else. It was just our choice to change some things. Yes. Uh, so, like I said, Michelle and I, we got married. We moved out. We moved in different directions, and we were disconnected for a lot of years. So a couple of years ago, Michelle came back into my life. Talk a little bit about that. Um. My husband, uh, we were having some difficulties in our marriage. He was doing the awesome marriage with Jimmy Evans. We were going to his his studies in uh, Gatewood Church, and Clay brought up going to some marriage counselors. I was not up for it. He reached out to Melissa, and because of the awesome marriage, and I told him I was not going to talk to her because we do not discuss family things with, especially with anybody in our family. Nobody's supposed to know what's behind the closed doors. <laughs> we keep the curtains. Everything. I used to always say we kept our little picket fence painted. Yes, and as long as you looked happy on the outside, nobody knew what was going on behind the scenes. And I sure wasn't going to tell anybody <laughs> in my family what was happening, so it would get out to the rest of them. Right, and and you know what? Those were decisions that we made. Right. Yes. Nobody forced us to do that or anything like that, but it was sort of our family culture, and and we were good little girls, so we followed family culture. And uh, the problem with that sometimes is funky family culture sets you up for problems. Correct. And and so we had found ourselves in that place. Well, I remember Clay called me at first, and he didn't tell me his last name. And and it's funny because eventually we would live, we would almost be neighbors. We would just be, her house Back was right behind my house, and yes. uh, we lived that way for a long time, then she moved away from me again. But um, at any rate, and he's asking for, talking about marriage counseling, which Stephen and I do. And, and I'm like, okay. And finally, it occurred to me. I'm like, are you Clay Boo or Michelle's Clay? And she's, he's like, yes. And I'm like, well, I'm happy to work with you if she's happy to work with me. And then I didn't hear, hear from him again for a year. For about a year, correct. <laughs> I told because I, I was not going to speak up at all. And finally, I got to the point that I had to do something because it was either stay in the marriage or figure out a way to get out and figure out how to fix myself because I was miserable. And so I reached out to Melissa to try and figure out how to get out yeah. of my marriage. She came to me and she said, "Can you help me leave my can you help me leave the marriage? That's what I'm here for." And I'm like, "Well, you know, we do marriage counseling. Our goal is to help people stay together, but I will help you. Let's just how about let's just try to make you a happy person first." And uh, and so that's what that's how we originally started. started. Yes, we started on working on me because I was miserable. I had put everything into my relationship and my kids and nothing left for me. And so when I came to Melissa, we worked on me. We did. First. And uh, so then eventually we decided that we would bring Clay into the picture and we would do marriage counseling with he and my, with the four of us, my husband and I would join them. And so one of the first things that we do when we, um, when we have our first session with couples is we ask them to rate their marriage on a scale of zero to 10. Zero is I'm done, I'm out, I'm just waiting for the divorce to be final. And 10 is I'm living the dream. And uh, as a general rule, Girls will rate their marriage lower than guys do. That's just kind of a universal rule. It's not always true, but it's generally true. And so, Michelle, how did you rate your marriage when you first came? I rated my marriage at a zero. Clay rated our marriage at a six. (laughs) So they did not see their marriage from the same vantage point, even at all. Well, you can't see is how much she's laughing when she (laughs) says that. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, so she didn't... 
she was she was not down for it, uh, but they did work. It, we were we did the work that they asked us to do. I came into after some issues that had happened. Uh, we were moving, and I had got to the point when we move. I'm moving out and just trying to find somebody to help me get me back. And when they brought in Clay and we worked with Steve and Melissa, they had uh, homework for us to do. <laughs> she, she says homework with a grimace on uh, her yes, face. I do. Um, but it worked. Um, at the end of our session, we um, we have we were back to the point of closer to an eight and a nine for each of us, closer together. Um, God had worked um, miraculously through through the homework that she gave us. <laughs> it was and it was hard for them, and but they were willing to do the hard work. And I will say this about Clay: of all the husbands that I've worked with, he was the most willing to do anything and he would he now I don't know if he did it all the time when he went home but he whatever she needed he would be agreeable to do that he did but a lot of the times that's kind of I think a lot of the issues we had was up front he would uh, let people think whatever she wants but when we got home it was more of a a counseling working together on stuff yeah so yeah so but anyway so they both did hard work they have a good yes. marriage now um your kids you have grown kids yes uh she has four kids uh, they're a blended family and that's cool yes. we're a blended family they have two granddaughters two little granddaughters that uh, they live in midland they're doing the oil field life down there so yeah, and so they call you Gigi, Gigi. and Pops. Gigi and Pops. That's funny because uh, we have six grandkids, and our grandkids call me Lovey and Poppy. The, yes. <laughs> so Pops and Poppy. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is about those pop kind of names, but they they seem to be popular right now. And we have found out the oldest one, who'll be four, is uh, trying to stay asleep at night so she can come spend the summer with Gigi and Pops. Ah, the whole summer. That's what she thinks, but Dad said no. Uh, what does what does Gigi say? I say that's fine, <laughs> but her mom and dad said no; they'd miss her too much. So, oh, but. okay. Well, we we will sometimes say uh, there's a time limit. Yes, you know, uh, well, I'm not as young as I used to be. She's really easy if I get help from Clay. <laughs> well, my we, kids are. Yeah, you know, Steve's the entertainer, and I am the nurture kind of person. So we had to have work. The first time we kept her, Pops was taking pictures. I'm trying to chase her around and the dog. And I finally had to tell him, he's like, we're, we're capturing good moments. We're capturing all these memories. And I said, we're not going to be able to capture anything if we can't take care of her. Put the phone down. <laughs> it's, and, and again, you know, it, it is just an example of how people see uh, the same picture from a super different perspective. Yes. And that's just, that's just a true fact. And that's just how it goes. Um, so tell me, you have two brothers. I do have two brothers, older right. and a younger. You're the middle. I have two brothers. I'm in the middle. So we really do have a lot of things in common. Um, what is the best thing about being the only girl in your family? Um, the best thing, I'm really not sure. I'm usually the one that if we have birthday gifts, I'm the one who shops. <laughs> um, I'm always the one that it, when we were growing up, if I was not ready, I was left behind. Oh, wow. Because they're the boys, uh-huh. um, they will do anything for me. Though I have the older one is a plumber, heat and air. The younger one does construction, and I can ask them any questions, and they're at my house anytime I need them. They really are good. To, they take really good care of you. They do. Yes, they're they're sweet that way yes. for sure. Um, so as you as you move along now in. Because your life is really different now than it was even two years ago, don't you think? Yes, it is. So what is the biggest change in your life over the last couple of years? 
I think it's more comfortable, more I don't feel like I have to um, please everybody right. anymore. I don't feel like that uh, what I do or what I don't do is going to um, disrupt somebody's life. Right. I've gone to, you know, I, I try and live my life the way God wants me to. I try and raise my kids the way they that they should be raised with God. And, and if it is not acceptable sometimes based on the way we were raised, it, I think it's okay. Right. I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed in you is you learned how to say no. Correct. I have. Or just I can't. I can't do certain things that, yes. Right. And I think even like today, we talked a little bit about this concept of not saying I can't do that, but saying I choose not to do that. Yes. Yes, that's true. I know I'm more, I'm learning how to do that. It's more, <laughs> and I, there's a lot of times I'm choosing not to do things because it is healthier, I feel. Right. Right. And so, and I think one of the things that she's, she's worked on learning is learning to own her own stuff and say, that's why we, I was giving her a hard time today. She's like, I had to get rid of my Jeep. And I'm like, well, you didn't have to get rid of your Jeep. You chose to get rid of your Jeep because the truth is if you wanted the Jeep, you could afford it. Yes, I can. But you chose not to right now. Correct. And so uh, even today, uh, Michelle probably always thinks if I hang out with Melissa, Melissa, she's going to make me you know, have a life coaching session. <laughs> I'm going to have to learn something as long as there's no homework. Right. We, we don't do homework anymore because she's not uh, actually a client anymore. <laughs> but uh, but we were just having that conversation today. No, you cho- we, we make the choices we make. We choose to do things. Correct. And, and I'm learning more and more to choose what I want or what's best for me and my family, not what's best for others. Right. And sometimes that rounds runs counterintuitive to fam to our family culture sometimes. Yes. And I know for me I mm-hmm. had to decide to make some of those decisions too. And I think everybody the beautiful part about it is we give everybody the freedom to do that. Right. Right. And a lot of people don't recognize that they have freedom to choose. Right. So tell me this. Now you decided to make some changes in the way that you uh, approach life. Uh, relationships, spiritual, physical, uh, you know, relationships with your family. And nobody else really, aside from Clay, made made an effort in your family to change. But tell me how you deciding to change made a difference with your family and your relationships with them. I just feel like more that I stood up for what I believed in and what I felt was right for my kids and my marriage. And since then, it seems like it's been um, an outreach to the rest of my family. I've kind of stepped up and said, you know, I agree. You know, we need to do for us and not necessarily for everybody. You know, we don't want to spend our time stressing over, is this going to make this person happy? Should If I don't show up, are they going to be mad? More so doing it for the right reasons and, and to make your make yourself happy by doing the right things that are not necessarily the things that you feel are required. Right. You. And and I think it helps you guys take your whole family, uh, even without unwittingly, you took your whole family in a more healthy direction. I think so. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. And that's not, that is not in any way to be disparaging to our family. Our family is right. great. Uh, really, the truth is, if push comes to shove, there is somebody in our family who will come help us. Uh, yeah. That is, that is 100% true. And uh, so, but every family has their own set of unique qualities where, maybe some things are unhealthy. We all have unhealthy behaviors. We all have unhealthy beliefs. We have limiting beliefs. Michelle, I I think, had suffered with some limiting beliefs, like I can't do that because of this is what's going to happen, which limited her from being fully alive and being fully who she is. 
And, and I think just discovering some limiting beliefs, maybe right. sometimes. And those were not even necessarily beliefs that people told us. Correct. They were kind of, it's always the unwritten rules yeah. that you learn. And a lot of, you know, my kids, if, you know, if there's a, some reason they can't show up for certain things, I don't feel like it's an effect on me. You know, they've worked all week. They need a day off and that's them and that's their thing. And I don't, I don't make it reflect back on the fact that I'm not a good enough mother for them to show up for me. Right. You don't feel rejected because Correct. of it. Right. And that's a good thing. So, um, so thanks for hanging out and sharing your, let's just kind of air in the yes. family laundry a yes. little bit here. Um, that's a brave thing. There was a time yes. in our life where we would not have been this brave. And normally I won't speak up, but since I'm not out where people can see me, it's <laughs> not as bad. Because I do have, they have, Clay and Michelle have from time to time uh, shared their testimony at some of the marriage conferences we do. And we're hoping that that happens more and more in the future. But, um, so I just want to ask you some fun questions. Okay. What's the best book you've ever read that's not the Bible? Uh, Mornings Well Spent. Oh, that's my book. That uh, is- she read my book. <laughs> <laughs> Only because it, I, I caught some of the uh, stories in there related back to our family, but it's what got me started in the mornings uh, getting up to uh, spend time with God while I was working. I, I started reading that book. Uh, my 30-minute, 15 minutes have now turned into an hour or two every morning. But I am retired, so I have an hour or two in the right. morning. However, that is what got me closer to God in the mornings. All right. Shameless plug for my book. Yes. If you want to buy my book, it's available at bridgebuildermm.org. Go buy one, right? It was worth the, it it's was worth worth the read. It's okay. worth the read. Yes. Um, <clears throat> are you a sweet or salty person? I'm more of a dry person. Neither <laughs> one. So you I don't really like either one. You don't like sweets and you don't like salties. I, I do, but not to the point of no. No. Okay. Well, are you... Um, Water only, or are you pop? Water only. Okay, you're not a pop. You're not a no, soda no drinker, pops. pop drinker. Uh, I have been drinking every once in a while a um, what's it, Nutra uh, Herbalife energy drink, but that's about it. Mostly, yeah. I'm mostly, mostly water. I mostly see your drink water. Do you yes. drink coffee black? Coffee black. All right. Yay, coffee black. Coffee yes. black is great. Nothing extra in there. No, can't stand anything. I can't in my figure coffee. out how those kids like all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, what's the, what's your favorite movie that you watch over and over again? The Notebook. Yeah, everybody loves. I'm not the really notebook. sure why that's the one that usually comes up. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is one thing that's on your bucket list? I really, I just want to go to Waco to the um, Magnolia Magnolia Market. Market. <laughs> And that's a, that's my my biggest one that I, I there's probably a lot more that I'd like to go to Greece some of those but if I can't get to Texas I don't <laughs> think I'm going to make it much further. Well, I think you have to move it off. We, our pastor not too long ago talked uh, preached a sermon and he said that we should take the things off our bucket list and put them on our to do list. Oh, that, that is correct. So yes, so take Waco off of your bucket list and put it's it on to, your to do yes. list. Well, Clay promised once I retired we would do something one one day a week. We've been watching Discover Oklahoma, trying to find places to go, and we've done nothing since <laughs> okay. October. Well, they might have to come in for some more counseling yes. so we can get them We're back online. We're going to have to work a little harder <laughs> on that. All right. If there is one thought that you could leave people with, what would that one thought be? I think it is to um, stand up for yourself and where you are, not necessarily against God's will, but to realize that you don't have to please people to 
be accepted. You don't have to constantly try and prove yourself to other people. That's a really, really good point. That is something I've learned this week in my devotionals, and it's really helping me. It is. It's a really good thing. You know what? People pleasing is hard. Yeah. And it's tiresome, and it doesn't usually net a lot of value. And I've realized um, on my devotional, I have gone back um, all the way back trying to please people that are no longer in my life that right. I've been doing forever. Yeah. That, and that's Oh, that's powerful truth right there. Yes. And I think we can all find ourselves there. So, well, I want to thank you for... Do you have any funny story that you need to remember to tell about our time as children? No, Melissa was... That, we were always... We're not that that much younger, but back in the day when you're a little and they're older, they, the older kids were always, um, we were even stuck outside half the time when the, the older kids, we got the inside the, <laughs> inside the house, they would put us little ones outside, but that's about all I can remember. And we, we grew, my, our granny lived in a small, tiny little town. Yes. So even if you played in the street, the likelihood nobody would, that yes. you would get run over yeah. is small. Nobody, and, yeah, nobody cared. And everybody knew everybody, everybody so it was yes, safe. it was safe. Yeah, so. Well, thanks for hanging out with me on yes. my podcast. You know, if you're, um, I love having interesting people, and Michelle is just a double treat because she's not only interesting, but she's my family, and I love that. And uh, so I just want to thank you, and remember, until the next time, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast. You can pick it up on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, subscribe to it so the new uh, podcasts are always in your news feed. And until then, until I talk to you again, remember, he doesn't waste a thing. <laughs>